Today's reading is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 and to 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down on the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much, Finn. Let's pray as we have a look at this phenomenal passage. So, Lord, thank you so much for Jesus' words. And, Lord, we pray that you'd give us soft and malleable hearts as we, as we listen to them, absorb them, take them in, uh, digest them, and move out from here and apply them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so now chances are, if um, you grew up in church, you've probably heard this uh, parable read before, um, but not all of us did. So let's just go through a little bit of the background of what's going on here in the parable. The setting takes us to a location which is somewhere between Jerusalem and Jericho. Jerusalem's up at 2,500 feet above sea level, and Jerusalem, and sorry, Jericho down in the the Rift Valley is 770 feet um, below sea level. So there's a serious descent. And the descent takes about 17 miles of uh, sort of winding curves. Apparently, there's a phenomenal road there uh, now these days. But obviously, it wasn't always the case. And with these twists and turns and this crazy descent, uh, the place was dangerous. It is too easy for robbers to be hiding around a corner and then suddenly when you came round with your animal, you would get pounced on and, uh, and beaten up. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. 
So we, we hear about this bloke who's going down from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he's on his way, and he gets pounced on. It's also useful to know that, in fact, the priests and the Levites quite often uh, lived down in the valley near Jericho. Uh, down there, the land was fertile near the Dead Sea, and they would be able to grow their own date palms and, and that sort of thing. And, and in fact, the climate was much better down there, especially in winter. So they lived down there, and they'd go up and down this road, uh, up to the temple to f- perform the sacrifices and ceremonies that they needed to, and then down the road again, um, back down to Jericho. So we've got our chap uh, who's on the road, he's there, and he gets attacked, and he gets beaten up, robbed, and in fact left for dead. And as you'd imagine, along this route comes both a priest and a Levite. These are the guys uh, who, who were seen as, as holy. They're the ones who are serving in the temple. They're almost a class set apart. But they don't stop. And so he's still there, lying there, until the Samaritan arrives. And the Samaritan has pity on him. He has compassion on him. And he picks him up, puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn, and looks after him. And Jesus gets to the end of this parable, and he pushes home his point. He asks, who of them acted like a neighbor? And the answer had to be the Samaritan. So he says to the teacher of the law he's talking to, go and do likewise, which we read in verse 37. And, and this is the first thing I think we spot. This parable is an easy one to read. It's an easy one to understand, but it's a difficult one, in fact, to apply to ourselves where he says, go and do likewise. I don't know if you've ever been to a pharmacy and picked up some cream where you've got the application instructions on the side. This one says, gently apply as required. Um, but some of them say, apply three times a day, or whatever you need to do. And if you take this cream home with you, which you need, and you never take it out, and you never apply it to yourself, it's not gonna help, is it? It's not gonna help you, and in our story, it's not going to help anyone else. The story does need to be applied. Last week, uh, we're up here at the 9.30 family time together, and on the screen, we're looking at a video of Jesus feeding the 5,000, and we saw how he managed to do that with uh, two small fish and five loaves. And for the memory verse, uh, two of my sons uh, were up here in the front, Benjamin, had a little basket with a rainbow trout in it and a mackerel uh, and five little bread loaves. And, and his uh, brother, uh, Jago, pointed across and said, here's a boy with five loaves and two fish. Uh, but he, you know, how many can they feed? And we took this, uh, th- these fish and, and, and the loaves back home. We just arrived in our house and we we're about to eat them, in fact, for lunch when we had a knock on the door, two knocks, in fact, Two of the boys' friends came in off the road, uh, neighbors from down there, and they wanted to join us for lunch. But you know what I said to them? I said, you're so welcome to join us for lunch, but I'm afraid we don't have enough food for you. Um, So you can sit with us, but uh, we just don't have enough to feed you. And I hadn't applied uh, what we had learned of, you know, (laughs) 
Jesus can multiply this food and, and he can use what we've got um, to, to give and provide for other people. In fact, we did end up feeding them because we had some quiche and a few other things. Um, but, but so often, you know, we, we know these stories almost wrote, but are we going to apply them to our lives? Don't forget to apply um, is the first thing we need to see. And in fact, that's what we pick up naturally from our first reading of this text. But this story is so deep, and there's so much to it. And if we want to get maybe a little bit more out of it, I think we need to go back to the original question which was asked of Jesus. And we find this from verse 25 on, because you see, there was an expert of the law who had come up to Jesus and had asked him this question, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life. Now, I wonder what you would say if you would ask that, if you would be asked to ask that question. Well, Jesus takes this expert of the law to the place that he knows, which is the law. And he asks him, what do you see there in the law? And the bloke replies, well, you know, here's a good summary. You've got to love God and you've got to love your neighbor. And so Jesus says, brilliant, well done, you've struck the jackpot. But this chap knows that he fails on that measure. So he wants to justify himself. So he asks his second question of, who then is my neighbor? And Jesus' reply is fascinating to who is my neighbor. And he says two things in this text. The first thing is he says, is that everyone is our neighbor and we're going to have a look at that and then he also tells him that neighborly compassion leads to action so everyone is our neighbor the two people uh, passed our half dead man on the street but then a third passed the man and he was the one who had compassion we read that a samaritan as he journeyed he's a samaritan as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Now, this would be particularly difficult for Jesus' audience to hear. They would probably have been okay with the fact that the Levite and the priest didn't stop. And his audience might have been expecting him to have a little jab at the clerical class. But, you know, surely it was going to be a good Jewish bloke who saved this guy. But no, it was a Samaritan. And Jews and Samaritans had a mutual dislike for each other. This exemplar in this text has compassion for someone who one was, in fact, his, his enemy. Jews and Samaritans don't mix. They resented each other. And in creating... Uh, the Samaritan is the person uh, who is, shows neighborly and, and loving compassion. Jesus is pushing the boundaries right out. He's saying there's no boundary on loving compassion, no boundary on who your neighbor is. Everyone is your neighbor. And in this world of COVID bubbles, we want to say, there will be no bubbles in the kingdom of God. I don't know if you're a bit like me, but 
I find COVID bubbles quite useful in some ways because it means there can be a boundary on who I let in, you know, a boundary on, on who I can show hospitality to, a boundary on, currently, on who I'm able to hug and who I'm able to love. Luckily, that's going to change tomorrow. Isn't that great? But Jesus wants us to know that there are no COVID boundaries in the kingdom of God, no COVID bubbles. No one is going to be left out. He wants us to know that everyone is our neighbor. Everyone is our neighbor. And he wants us to know that the kind of compassion, the kind of love for our neighbor, which God is looking for, is a compassion that leads to action. And so neighborliness or neighborly love here, and he starts off with this word love, is illustrated as compassion, and compassion that does something. Have a look in the passage to see what happens uh, when this man is moved to compassion. Did you spot that almost half of this parable in the text in front of you is taken up with what the Samaritan does for the bloke who's left there? lying on the street. We find out that he bandaged the man. He poured oil and wine on him, on his sores. He put him on his donkey. He brought him to an inn. He took care of him. He paid for him. And he promised to return and cover his expenses. Jesus is saying, if your heart is moved to compassion, you'll see that in action. I wonder if you have stories in your mind about times when people have showed compassion to you. Uh, one of them that always comes to mind for me was when I had recently arrived in this country as a foreigner. And uh, my second job that I took up was one in Oxford. And I had a boss who loved the Lord. He was a Christian. And after a month of working for him, he came up to me and he said, Guy, I wasn't sure how much to pay you for this month. So I've tried four different equations to work it out. And I've gone for the one that's paid you the most money. So here's your salary slip. He's a man of compassion. And that compassion was worked out in his action. And so Jesus wants us to know that everyone is our neighbor, number one. And number two, that compassion leads to action. Now, this is the bit of the story where it starts getting a little bit uncomfortable for me. And I don't know about you, but if, if that's the kind of love Jesus is calling us to, then I fall short and I struggle with this. You see, we read so much of Jesus' compassion in the gospel. He has compassion on the crowds. He has compassion on those who needed healing. We see his compassion in the father, in the story of the prodigal son. But I just don't see that sort of compassion in my life. And I find that particularly difficult. And, and therefore, 
you need to be asking the question, I need to be asking the question of, of how do I fit into this story? Have you ever asked that? How do you fit into the story? I, I want to be the Samaritan, but so often in my life, I see that I'm more like the Levite or the priest, the person who just passes by on the other side. I lack compassion for my family. I lack compassion for those I work with. I lack compassion for my friends. I lack compassion who I walk past on the street. And I ask, what do I do with that? Where do you place yourself in the story? Maybe, like me, you want to be like the Samaritan, but you, you admit that sometimes you're more like the priest or the Levite. And if that question is a difficult one for you, I want you to ask a different one first, and then we'll come back to that one. Here's a different question to ask. If you were to place Jesus in his own story, where would you put him? Where would you put Jesus? I bet that you would put Jesus in the place of that Samaritan with the compassion that he shows. And in fact, Jesus' compassion so far exceeds that of the Samaritan. Jesus didn't walk from Jerusalem to Jericho, but he walked to Jerusalem, to the cross. Jesus didn't accept the danger simply that the Samaritan accepted of maybe if he helped this guy out on his way, he'd get attacked too. But Jesus accepted death on our behalf. Jesus didn't just give up two denarii, which is like a day's wages. He gave up absolutely everything, including the clothes on his back for you and for me. Jesus gave it all up. That's what compassion looked like. And it was given for you and for me. So let's go back to the previous question. If you place Jesus in the place of the Samaritan in the story, where now do you put yourself? Where are you in the story? I think we are in the place of that bloke who had been walking from Jerusalem to Jericho who got robbed and ended up half dead on the road until someone came along with a heart of compassion, picked us up, saved us, gave everything for us, looked after us and healed us, that's suddenly where we are. And if you see yourself as that person who had been left dying there on the road and had been saved by Jesus, it does something to your heart. It changes your heart. It brings you to a place where suddenly you want that sort of compassion for yourself. And in fact, you've been given it by being saved. We find the Holy Spirit comes into us when we are saved like that. And he does something in our heart which changes us, which is based on knowing who we are as the one who's saved. And 
from that place, then we want to go out and help others to show a compassion which has no boundaries and a compassion that leads us to action. So Jesus stands in front of us and he says, go and do likewise. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your incredible love for us. Thank you that you headed towards Jerusalem. Thank you that you didn't only take on danger, but you took on death itself. Thank you that you didn't just give up a day's wages, but you gave your all. Thank you for your love for us poured out for us. And we pray, Lord, that you'd change our hearts, Lord. We wouldn't just be trying in our own strength to be more like the Samaritan and less like the, the Levite or the priest. But you would help us to know who we are in you. That you would pour your spirit out on us, making us more like you every day. We pray that it wouldn't be by legalism, but it would be out of love that we go and do likewise. We love you, Lord. Grow our love for you. And grow our love for those around you and around us who you love so much. Give us your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.